Are you still suffering from supply chain issues? Are they disrupting your operations? Well, have no fear because Graybar has you covered and you can rely on their nationwide logistics network to get what you need, where they need, when they need to get there and all within budget. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical communications, data networking, industrial products, literally supporting products of any industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, it doesn't matter. Just one clear mission to serve as that vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. So here's what you need to do. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. Visit graybar.com to start an order today and fix those supply chain issues with Graybar. First Cut, Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is a very special episode. One, we are going to continue with the ongoing uh, mailbag questions. So many of them that we could not answer them all in one episode. So we'll continue to dive into those. And some very big news from one of our own. I'll get to that in just one second. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, welcome. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me, as always. I always like that Greg re- re-welcomes us, us as well. <laughs> yes. It's always a nice and touch. <laughs> he's, he's so polite, too. He's always thanking welcome. us for having him. Like, <laughs> like well, we, I'm very happy to be here. It's a great honor and, a, and, a, and, quite frankly, a privilege. So I'm really excited for tonight. we got some great news that has nothing to do with me, and that's why I'm keeping it polite. So uh, let's proceed. Let us proceed because the man of the hour, that's him. That's Kyle Porter, he is right there. And KP, uh, the reason we're running late is because we were actually talking about your brand new book uh, that will be available officially Tuesday, If depending on when you're listening to this, Tuesday the 7th. Is that correct? That's right. Tuesday morning. Uh, I need to put a, uh, I need to hide the page right now because we got people watching. But uh, <laughs> Tuesday morning, you can go to anormalsport.com. And uh, purchase my book about uh, about the golf year. You guys just got like a twelve second preview of it, so <laughs> yeah. I, my, my, I'm still hoarse from this weekend from the Oklahoma State Baylor game, and I've been been trying to grind out this book. But yeah, I'm I'm really I'm excited about it because I'm really it's like uh, remember the Chesson Hadley thing from the Wyndham. He's like yes. I'm I'm emotional because I care, and that's how I feel about this book because I'm very proud of it and excited about it because I care about it and. I put my heart into it and I hope people, I hope people enjoy it. Yeah. So we were, we were scrolling through the pages and having a great time before we went hot here. So again, it's a normal You can actually use a promo code, Kyle, very generous offering up this yeah. promo code, which is F C P as in first cut podcast F C P, which I assume Kyle will get you some sort of discount. Well, I, I had to do it in honor of my bet with Emmelman. So I did 25% in honor of the 25 wins that JT Beautiful. is going to have over the next decade. So now, FCP, now, yeah, here we go. There, there it, is. it is. So if you're watching on YouTube, uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, uh, producer Jacob has, has upped the generosity because he is, he is saying if we can get to 50 likes on this video, right? So you're here right now. Click the like, bu- like button if you have a question. 
Go ahead, throw it in the chat. That helps too. Uh, producer Jacob is going to reach into his own pocket, probably pull out a, a CBS Sports uh, credit card and purchase <laughs> a copy of Normal Sport uh, for someone watching right now. So that is very generous of Jacob. So 50 likes will give that away. But Kyle, this is um, this is a bit that you do on Twitter. Yeah. But it has yeah. actually turned into a true, real 160-something page book. Uh, how, how did this come to be? Like, why, why does this exist? What in the world is it? Like, g- give us the synopsis here. Yeah, so it actually started earlier this year, and I write about this in the book a little bit, but I was on a road trip with my family, and I was talking to my wife, just, you know, I mean, you guys have to listen to about a third of what, or a tenth of what she has to listen to. a saint, I can't even. Yeah, it's it's tough, but um, I was like, hey, we're talking about, or I was talking about golf. She's not really into it, but she gets enough from me that she knows what's going on, and I was like, do you remember who won the Masters this year? And that's something that she would normally know. And she was like, I have no idea. And I, I started to realize that so much happens in such a short period of time in the golf world that I really wanted to document it for posterity and for entertainment. Cause it was, it's, you know, we're doing all this stuff like in the moment, in the moment, live reacting all this, all, all the different ways that we do it we rarely look back and contextualize things to look back on Phil's PGA win and be able to contextualize that and to kind of frame it uh, over the course of golf history was for me a ton of fun alongside like the really irreverent, Hey, Bryson saw three discs in the sky and nobody really thinks this is a big deal type stuff. Um, Right. So it was just, there's so many crazy things that happened that I had forgotten about that I tried to write about in a kind of a funny, entertaining, engaging way. So I I hope people like it. And Greg, we talk about this all the time. You know, immediately after the final putt drops on most Sundays, we are looking forward to the next week, which I feel like we miss a lot of things, whether it's those Sunday pressers, comments on Monday, just things that happen. It's so easy for us to turn our attention to something else. I've got a trip coming up. I can't wait to kind of open this up and relive the year. But we talk about it all the time that we're constantly looking forward. Maybe we should look back a little bit. Yeah, you got to take a moment to do it because like you said, we're I mean, we only have so much time to discuss these things and we're in the know. We're we're kind of trying to get to everything that happens and just in a given week, like what we saw last week, you miss out on stories. And so then you, you miss out on it when you come on, if you're listening or watching the first cup pod, you miss out, you don't get a chance to see it. We don't get a chance to talk about it. And it, it's gone. It's it's just gone. And so I, I think it's really cool to go through and document these things. Like Bryson seeing discs in the sky is something we completely forgot that's just a, a forgotten element until something ufo related comes up again which you know is going to happen at some point but you, you know <laughs> the moment momentarily seeming right yeah who how'd you come up with the cover kyle because i love how i love how you're standing there you got the you got hideki's caddy bowing you're standing there with your pose front and center on the cup which is great and that'll never be forgotten i mean th- this is a, a beautiful cover what 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 goes into this how do you decide on these elements well i i didn't i mean these were so first of all i got to give a shout out to jason page who was the illustrator of this he did i mean he's he's 
brilliant. He he's the he's a really uh, a fascinating like the Venn diagram of people who are this good at art and this into golf because a lot of the images yeah. there are super nuanced is that's a pretty small Venn diagram. So I was really grateful to have him working on the project. And I kind of just threw out 30, 40, 50 ideas we collaborated on of just ridiculous things that happened. My favorite one is actually the bottom right where it's got Bryson hitting a drive over a lake of chocolate milk because that's <laughs> that's what he drinks after every victory or that's what he drinks all the time. And so it's just, it, you know, he he kind of just mashed all those together and we came up with this. Our, our vision for it was kind of like the New Yorker style of like, uh, I don't really even know how to describe it, but when you see a New Yorker photo, you know what it is, yeah. like you know what the what the image is. You know it when and that's you see a, it, yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit of what we tried to do here. And, and really, Greg Bryson was the through line. Like there's a ton of tiny little images that are kind of put into the book throughout the season. I thought it was going to be a Spieth through line, like the roller coaster. But it turned out to be Bryson, um, which is, uh, you know, I think he was he was kind of the through line of the entire year. You, you know, at a first glance, sorry, sorry, Rick. No, at first glance, when uh, this is a little smaller on my screen, I thought the Bryson was, I thought that was a Phil logo. Um, oh, and, yeah. And it's, you zoom in a little bit and it's brilliant. It, it, it's very clear what moment that was. So uh, yeah. that is. Um, it, it's really cool. And you're right. There is a lot of nuance in there. So I, I, I just, I love it. Um, yeah, it, Casey, was, it was, go ahead. You, you tweeted out the, uh, you tweeted out the chapter names, right? Uh, I think so. Okay. I've got them in front of me. Do you want me no, to read No, them? I was just going to say the fact, I didn't want to give anything away, but just the fact that there is 3,200 words on something called Island Party, which I can only imagine is Jordan <laughs> Spieth related, is like, has got my juices flowing in a way that uh, I can I can hardly describe. Well, wait till you get to, wait till you get to chapter 10 when I go 11,000 words on the only event that matters, which is the, the one at Whistling Straits. There you go. Well, spoiler alert, 11,000 words on that. Starting Tuesday, December 7th, you can go to a normalsport.com and you can purchase this book uh, that Kyle Porter has poured 61,000 words into, which is probably more than I've written and typed in my entire life. He did it in an entire book. You could use the promo code FCP. Just pay full price. I, Kyle can tell you whatever you want. Just pay full price for it. Support <laughs> Kyle. Support what everybody's doing. It's it's 15 bucks. It'll be well worth it. Um, but yeah, KP, congratulations. We're very excited, brother. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I I, I obviously included everybody on this podcast and, and uh, just thanks in the book for um, making all of this super fun. You know, it's, it's a job, but it's also like, I can't believe we get to do this every day type thing. And, uh, you guys are a huge part of that. So I'm grateful for that. We are going to hit the mailbag. We're going to answer your questions, both, uh, in historic form and in live form. So if you're here on YouTube and you want to drop your questions in right now, we'll get to them. But first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about 
those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And we're back. All right, let's dive into these mailbag questions because there were too many for the last time we tried to do this. So we're going to rock and roll again. If you're here on YouTube with us right now, Drop your questions. We will answer as many as possible. This first one is addressed to me, but I do not believe I am the person to answer it. So that says, question Rick, what is the history of the podcast, how it got started? How did you choose those six to be a part of the team? Hope to hear an awesome answer. And oh, oh, here, how about this? David says he would buy some swag if we have it. Uh, It is available at CBS Sports Store. I don't know what the website is. Google CBS Sports Store. You can find First Cut <laughs> Swag. You'll find it. It's all it's all there. But um, I don't know this. So I know KP. We could either bring in KP or we could bring in Jacob on this as well. Uh, this certainly, this podcast certainly predates me by a while. Yeah. J- uh, Jacob, you want to jump in or you want me to take it? I was going to say, you could probably take it. You were here. The podcast predates me. As well. Yeah. <laughs> well, then it's yours, Kyle. So <laughs> it was, uh, it started back in uh, like 2017, I think, somewhere around there. And Chip Patterson, who covers college football for CBS Sports, it was, it was basically me and him for the first, uh, when did you come on, Rick? End of, end of 19th Cup. Yeah. December 2019. So it was me and him for a year and a half, basically. And we had a ton of fun with it. We didn't really know what we were doing. Some people might say, you still don't really know, Kyle. Um, <laughs> I can't even talk. I can't, I'm doing all these podcasts this week. I'm doing like this media tour for my book. The media I blitz. Even, I can't even speak. But um, <clears throat> no, Chip and I, at the, CBS really had this initiative back, I think, again, 2017 to to – uh, build out their podcast um, content and for golf it was it's basically I've just been the main golf writer at cbssports.com for the last nine years so we chip will help out during majors Kyle Boone will help out during majors so they threw chip on me and him uh, just kind of hashed it out but he was spread thin like college football as we've seen over the last three weeks <laughs> is completely insane so I think it was a great benefit to him for you guys to all come on and and rick's obviously been uh been a great host to to do that i was hosting and i wasn't very good at it so it was it was nice for me just to get questions lobbed at me that i could say insane things about and not have to uh to clean up the mess like rick does afterwards and he does a good job of it <laughs> well, i appreciate that the the dynamic though greg because people ask us this a lot is like the 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 cast of characters that we kind of rotate in this show. Uh, I, I mean, it's strategic. The idea that we can bring on, um, you know, you and Sia for a DFS preview and Mark who might be out on the course and Kyle, whatever insane take he's going to go with this week, but he's got his finger on the pulse of everything that's going on in the golf world. Like this is a, a strong dynamic that allows us to get a lot of different viewpoints very quickly from people in different areas of expertise. Yeah. And, and we really do have a, a ton of different areas covered. Um, and fortunately, they all include entertainment and fun, which Kyle mentioned. It, it's, that's what's so important about this and why I enjoy it so much is we come on here with our, our different perspectives, different viewpoints, agree, disagree, but we always have fun doing it. And and it takes all that happens, all the uh, things that are documented in Kyle's book, and it, and it allows us to hash them out and think about it. And I know um, my background 
is in instruction and DFS, right? So I, I start off as a coach and I get into the game analyzing players and seeing what happens from a coaching a coach's perspective, similar to Mark, although so it was slightly different twist on it. And then coming in here and hearing what you have to say, Rick and Kyle, what your viewpoints are as a, a, a writer, it um, it has really helped me expand my mind. And I, I think that's a really cool aspect to it. Um, but but yeah, the it, it's a it's a well-rounded group and it's cool to be a part of. Thank you for the question, loyal listener. David, the swag you're looking for is available at store.cbssports.com. Thank you very much for rocking that. Here's an interesting one in terms of winning on the PGA Tour. Why don't we hold Matt Fitzpatrick and Tommy Fleetwood to the Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler standard? KP, we'll start with you here. Winning is something, uh, and lack thereof, winning is something that we really assign to guys and we say it's been too long or they're not winning enough. I don't know how much of that is going on in these players' heads, but I, I do think it's probably true. We give Fitzpatrick and even Fleetwood to an extent a pass that we might not have given to Tony Fowler, Tony Finau, and Ricky <laughs> Tony, Fowler. Fowler. <laughs> Tony Fowler and Ricky Fowler. Tony Fowler. It's like the same guy, right? Tony Fowler is, sounds like a made up, a great made up golfer. Um, so, I actually ran across a column from Shane Ryan, who's one of my favorite writers as I was researching for this book. And he was talking about kind of the Lee Westwood paradox of Westwood at Royal St. George's became the all-time leader in major championships played without a win. Mm -hmm. I think he's got 88, 89, somewhere around there. And it's hard. Like the, the tension there is like, you got to be good enough to play in 88 of them. Right. Uh, and then you got to be bad enough to not, I mean, it, relatively <laughs> bad enough to not win one. And so I think the reason we don't hold Fleetwood and, and Fitzpatrick to the Finau Fowler thing is they're not as good. Like Fowler and Finau are just better at golf. And so it would be like, it would be like saying, well, um, Jason Kokrax never won a major compared to, compared to Lee Westwood. You're like, well, I don't like, I hold Westwood to a way higher standard than I do somebody like Jason Kokrak, you know? So I, I think, and maybe that, maybe I'm not answering that correctly, but to me, it's an, it's kind of a, an, like, this sounds dumb, but it's kind of an honor to be held to the, a high standard because it means you're pretty good. It means right. you're Fitz, Fitzpatrick and Fleetwood just aren't as good at, as, uh, as Finau and Fowler. So a lot of alliteration there. I'm, I might even take it past just talent, and it's about the times in contention. When do you go into not a tournament, but a final round and say, okay, he should win? And Tony Finau and Ricky Fowler have gone into a lot of Sundays where we're saying, okay, this is the time they should win. It's very often that they're heavily in contention uh, and often sometimes even favored going into the final round. Now, Fleetwood had a, a period of time around 2018 maybe even into 2019 where he contended a lot and we get the paul azinger line right where <laughs> where he's at the honda classic and he's in that position where he should win which is rare for him and it hasn't happened since and he hits it in the water and paul azinger says well look you can win all you want on that tour referring to the european tour but it's different here so I, I think your point's really valid there kyle it, it it has a lot to do with ability and a lot but but even more so, how often are you in that position come Sunday where you should get a win? TL30N chimes in 
uh, asking top five ceiling players of the past 25 years, excluding Tiger. I'm not exactly sure how he wanted us to respond to this, but I'm going to frame it in this way. When every golfer is at their best, who are some of the best players in the last 25 years, Greg? We're going to, we're going to remove Tiger from the list, obviously. Um, when they're at their best, who is the best? Phil would be my top. Uh, he would be my top choice. Phil's best is really. I was not expecting you to say Phil. Yeah, I mean, I think he's shown it. When when Phil's at his best, he's really hard to beat. Um, he's a guy who knows how to win. When he gets in contention, he closes yeah. the deal. And he put. I mean, you're talking 25 years. Um, he won a major at 51. The guy can. The guy's. The guy's good. Is really good. He was a really long hitter. Uh, and and he was an elite iron player with the best short game we've seen at least since Seve. I know Tiger's short game rivals it, and there are some other really good ones. But I, I think Phil is the clear top choice here for this one. See, I'm surprised, KP. Maybe I'm um, a bit too much towards the the modern game and maybe i would have said dustin johnson when he's got to go and he's he's hard to beat or rory mcelroy but uh i don't know greg greg is going with phil and it's kind of with with what 45 wins or whatever it's kind of it's kind of hard to deny so i have i have an actual like statistical answer here for you because remember data golf came out with their 95th percentile thing where you can yeah. look at like a guy's what is that the fifth best round that they play over the course of a period of time. Yes. So if you take it all the way back to the beginning of the strokes gained era, it's about um, 25 years, 18 or, which 18 is or 20. Yeah. 20, yeah. Yeah. Um, Significant. No surprise. Tiger's 95th percentile round. So his fifth best round uh, on, I guess that's on average, I think is seven strokes better than the field. Yeah, that's great. I got another great Tiger stat for you here. While we're doing it, just to put that into print, any, anything Tiger related in the strokes gained there almost has to be removed. So um, Tigers five uh, had five seasons better than Morikawa's leading the tour in strokes gained approach last year. This is from Will Haskett. Basically, no player in the shot link era has ever had a single season that matches Tiger's like average season over over seven years like it's so so the tiger shot shot length stuff is absolutely insane sorry that's a little nugget there so remove tiger as we tend to do from these things who else we got so uh by the way morikawa his approach play this year strokes gained it would have been a tiger's eighth best season from 05 to 13 it's eighth best in just approach yeah and and in like a nine year period, his eighth of a nine year period. It's stupid. It's stupid. That's it. That's in the book, by the way. Check that out. So um, so real quick though, is that um, just so people are understanding? Like that's how much of that is that he is is he better than Morikawa is today, or is he that much better than the rest of the people he played against? Well, it's relative. Uh, right. I mean, that's that's no, saying he's better than the players he was playing against, right? Right. Yeah. He's gaining. So yeah. So, say he's gaining two shots on the on the field. Yeah. I said Morikawa finished with one point one three strokes hand on approach shots in uh, 2020-2021. So the season. So like right. the the PGA Tour season, which was the best in the world. Um, that would have been Tiger's eighth best year from 2004 to 2013. Stupid. 
stupid. Eighth right, best. Is remove, eighth. remove Tiger. Okay. Who's next? Who's Tiger's next? out. <laughs> uh, Rory's fifth best round in that in that uh, t- time frame is six and a half strokes better than the field. So Rory is your best of the best non-Tiger edition. Who's next? Keep going. DJ 6.3. Oh, I nailed them both. Okay. Yeah, you nailed them, Rick. <laughs> Who else? It would have been uh, in my top five for sure. Uh, Ron J. Ham, also known as John Rom, is uh, 5.64. Spieth is, is ab- actually, Spieth is above Rom. He's six. It's, this sort's weird because I think it includes some amateur data, which is just goofy. Um, anyway, your top, I'll just read your top 10 Tiger, Rory, DJ, Morikawa, Rom, Spieth, JT, Phil, Hideki. And Justin Rose. I'm really surprised Phil's that far. He's down the list like that. I bet Phil's uh, fifth percentile, like his four, is not very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably pretty low on the yeah. list as well. Uh, one from the chat, right, David. We'll run through this one pretty quick. David, uh, what are the handicaps of each of the first cut guys? Greg, tell us what your handicap is right now. I don't officially keep one. Play to a zero. I'm probably... I, because I play so little, I'm probably a, realistically a one or a two now. Kyle? Oh, I'm probably a... I don't keep one either. I don't play enough. Uh, I'm probably like a 15. I'm currently a seven and a half. Let's guess at coaches. Do you think coach is better or worse than 22? I bet, I bet, coach, is, I bet coach smashes the ball. I, I guarantee between, he smashes it, yeah. <laughs> I bet he's between you and me. I bet he's like a like an 11 or something. Uh. And what do we think Marks is, Greg? Uh, I bet he's like a five, five, four. No, I think he's bad. I think he's that's pretty strong. I bet he's a zero, somewhere between zero and no way. No, he's not. I don't think. I don't think he he plays it. I don't know. Have you seen it? Have you seen his videos that he posts? Have you seen? What do you think he is, Jacob? I I honestly think he's probably close to like a maybe like an eight. Yeah. Yeah, Really? You're thinking you're thinking of the other Emelman, Greg. Uh, yeah, I guess that guy. I, I just zero. texted. I just texted coach. <laughs> coach says his is like an eighteen. Okay, there I go. can see it. I bet he just. I would I love to know what Mark is. I, he, oh, he he's at like a charity two, tournament right now, so he's having a lot of fun. Coach hits like two three hundred eighty yard drives around, and then he makes like two elevens. Also, yeah, he does That's what good. Sam Burns does. He nearly drives the green on the par four, and then yeah. he probably leaves it down there for three shots, and then. You know, has to get it up and down from there. Uh, speaking of Sam Burns, Ryan wants to know, Greg, who is this year's Sam Burns? Uh, basically, a guy that takes a big leap. Ooh, that's, that, that's a great that, question. It is a great question. I'm not because, sure. And, and why, why you think about it, Greg? Why you think about it? I'll give you a little yeah. bit of context here. Because Sam Burns, if you want to look at OWGR, Sam Burns ended last year, so almost a full year ago, was ranked 154th in the world. Um He's now the 13th ranked player, and I believe that's actually going to improve uh, in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, it it was a huge jump. And I, I think the cool – I've followed this story throughout this year. And the cool thing about this is the move that he made with his iron play. Um, he was always a really good driver and a really good putter coming in, which is a great little foundation to have. When he improved his iron, When he improved his iron play, he really took a huge jump. Um, so the guy that w- jumps out to me, and this might not be fair cause he's 33rd in the world, but Taylor Gooch jumps out to me as a guy I think is going to have a breakout year. Um, the, the problem is he's already in the middle of it. 
So he's so far this year, he's got a T4, a T11, a T5, a T11, and a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because he's already got that win, he's already well on his way to making that move. Um, but I, I expect that to keep going. I think he has a really well-rounded game, and I think he has really he has some really high standards and some really lofty goals in front of him. I mean, I, I heard he wants to be the number one player in the world. I'm not sure that's realistic, but it's kind of that attitude of Patrick Reed saying, "Hey, I have um, I, I'm a top five player in the world. It's what you aspire to be and where you expect yourself to be." So I think that bodes well for Taylor, and I think he's a really, really nice ball striker who's got to get a little better off the tee. His iron play is great, um, and his short game and putting is really good too. So I would say he's my top guy. It's a little I'm cheating a little bit because he's already in the midst of it. I'm going with Aaron Wise. He's 69th. I think it's going to be hard to yeah. find a guy who goes from like 125 to 10 or whatever like Sam Burns did unless you yeah. do what Sam Burns does, which is win a couple times or whatever and, and contend a bunch. Um, Aaron Wise, who's kind of not in the middle of it like Gooch is, but like at the at the very start of the improvement. Just a couple of starts ago, he was 105th at the Sanderson Farms, uh, already 69th. If he fixes the putter long-term like he did KP in the first part of this 2022 season – uh, he's going to be devastating. So he would be my most likely candidate. Yeah, I think uh, Taylor Moore and Mav McNeely are both interesting. McNeely's a pretty high – like when he gets it going, he's a pretty high ceiling player. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go uh, – I don't know. It's a hard question. I I need a list of guys I, – I don't have a list of guys that are in that age range because I think, I, think I think it matters that you're – yeah. Between 22 and 26, rather than if you're like Russell Henley or Johnny Vegas. Right. You know, right. I would love to say Henley. I think Henley is like, I mean, if you look at Henley's uh, T to green play, the improvement year over year over year over year, it's it's incredible. He's, he's, getting, but the opposite is true of his putter or of his short game, right? So I, Zalatoris, you, you could, taught me into uh although he's already what 29th in the world or whatever probably he is, is number is, is matthew wolf a candidate for this answer <laughs> the, the best part is anybody the answer is whatever you want it to be so, so i'll say matthew i'll say matthew wolf uh wolf and zal are back to back they're back to back in the world rankings. Wolf thirty one, Zalatoris thirty two, Gooch thirty three, Homa thirty four. There's like the two guys and the two buddies. Wow. Wolf is Wolf is top ten talent, and he's going to drop more before he like he'll drop out of the top fifty probably before he gets back into the top twenty. Uh, but I, I think that I mean look at what he did in those first two majors. You know, yeah. fourth at PGA, third at USO or second at USO, whatever, whatever the wherever he finished. That's crazy at age 21. And I think I think he got a little buried over the last year uh, just because he wasn't playing very well and he wasn't playing that much at all, you know? He has the best, he definitely has the most firepower in that group. No question. This is a very straightforward question from Just Do It. Asks, Justin Thomas or Victor Hovland, who's going to have a better 2020? Greg, <laughs> go on the record and tell us which one of these guys is going to be better than the other one. I'm sure that'll end. That is straightforward, but it's so complicated. Yeah, there's a lot of layers. Lot it of layers. is so complicated. I'm going to say Justin Thomas. 
And what would I don't, you describe as like a better, like what metrics would you use to describe better year? It's like basically a, a player of the year race. So okay. if, you, if you're if voting you, for player of the year, if you're voting for player of the year and you're going to rank everybody out, whether these guys are one and two or six and seven, you can have the same debate. So what'd you do in majors? What'd you do? How many wins do you have? How many top tens? What's your consistency level like? Now, Hovland's consistency level is going to be very good, I would imagine. Um, I would it it could be really it could be freaky good, and and his win rate could be too. But I, I think JT has a little more, little more upside in big events, because only because he's kind of due. He's due to win another major. I think the Masters sets up really well for him, and he gave that he he nearly. He shot himself out of that tournament in one hole last year um, on 13 on Saturday. I mean, in one hole, and I I think he's going to strive to answer those questions. I'm really excited to see if his putting improves after LASIK, if he sees some some kind of sparks. So I'm going to very reluctantly say Justin Thomas. It's only because I feel like he's doing a major. I'm going to go with Victor. Um, Since he came on my podcast, he has won every event that he's played in. And if he continues that, if he continues that. All credit to Rick. I'm sure will be easy to do. If he continues that, he's going to win like 30 times next year. Yeah, that's a pretty good projection. I think you should make a a, a wine bet with Mark about how many win over under. 100% win win rate. (laughs) Uh, KP, break the tie. Victor or Uh... Justin? What was the phrasing of the question? It's very broad. It just says, who has a better 2022? That's all it says. <laughs> well, I think... God, I love JT. He's so good. Like He is so, so good. So good. I think Hovland's... I'll, I'll say Hovland. I... I you know, JT has been disappointing at majors and not like basically since he won the PGA at Quail Hollow in 2017 and Hovland hasn't thrived at majors, but it, there's also a lot less data there. So I'll say, uh, I'll say Victor Hovland has a better 2022 than JT, which is really high praise because, uh, I think JT is going to be really good next. I mean, shocking that I think the number five player in the world is going to have a good year. But that's a that's a really good question. Like that's a really difficult one to kind of figure out how how each of them are going to play out. Kind of like a coin flip, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is which is a great testament to both of them, quite frankly. Um, I'm going to put a pin in it there because we have something special that we're going to record here shortly that will be out on Thursday. It's called trivia. It's going to be amazing. Additionally, um, I saw a question in the chat about round by round updates returning in January. The answer to that is yes, we will be back for that. Uh, Additionally, again, one more time, go to a normal sport.com, a normal sport.com by Kyle Porter's book. You can use the promo code FCP. You shouldn't, just buy it. Otherwise, anything else before uh, we get out of here, gentlemen? Uh, I'm really nervous for trivia. I'm going up <laughs> against a published author. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just bought an ISBN on the internet, so it's not like that big of a feat. Uh, I I haven't really thought about it until about two minutes before I got on because I was so consumed with getting this 
book out of my head. Um, so you, that's either a huge advantage or a huge disadvantage for you. Uh, I, I, we're about to find out which one it is. I feel like this book, just writing this book for you, had you on Wikipedia way oh. more, way more than I was. So I, like if, I, if, I, feel, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage. If anybody ever comes to my home and says, you know, your life is at stake unless you can draw Tony Finau's Wikipedia page. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my wheelhouse. I would, I would nail that. Like, <laughs> it'd, it'd be unbelievable. I don't know why anybody would ever say that, but. Oh, that would be, yeah, it'd be bizarre. <laughs> that would be, they would make a movie out of it. It'd be so bizarre. All right. Um, producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Thank you, Jacob. Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Rungood. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a, a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code first.